calling the CNC replay. This is Chris. I'm Noel. And I'm Corey. And uh, we're here to talk about sports, specifically. And your car's extended warranty. <laughs> we've been trying. We've to been really. You. We've been trying to reach you. Oh. Quite a long time. All week. Yeah. Chris and, is alive. Uh, I'm alive. Hello. He has not been locked in his basement, tied up for months on end. Mariel says I Chris can have, have a tonight. basement. I do. <laughs> I share it, but I do have a basement. Oh, well. You do have a basement? I do have a basement, yeah. I don't know. Basements are spooky. That's where I'm going to be keeping... I'm going to get a kayak pretty soon. That's the biggest news of my life right now, and I'm very excited about it. I'm going to keep in the basement. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah. Would that double as a uh, guest bed? It will double as a lot of different things. Mm. 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 Well, now I'm worried. Yeah. So we're still locked out, guys. What's going on? <laughs> Golly. I, I, just, I think the more I read about this, the, the, more, the more upset I get. Because it's... It, it's one of those things where the the sides who are directly involved know what's going on and the general public doesn't know what's going on, but the both of those sides are trying to paint the other side as the bad guy. And both the sides are trying to say you regular people don't understand, but we also want you to feel bad for our side. So it's like you can't you can't really have that as a basis of your argument whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's just so you're like alienating the people that you're trying to like convince, and you're also uh, saying everyone who doesn't understand you is dumb and they don't understand it. So the general public perceives it to be a millions and billion or million millionaires and billionaires fighting over millions, which we've talked about repeatedly for the past month and a half. It seems about this topic. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's like all of these weird, like, bargaining chips that don't necessarily seem to matter in the grand scheme of things. So, for example, we're talking about, like, revenue sharing, right? So this this is the crux of this argument. And I just I just heard Passan on SportsCenter, like, 20 minutes ago talking about the CBT, which is the competitive balance tax, which is essentially the luxury tax. So what this is, is like if any team goes over this uh, limit, they have to pay a tax. I, I saw the breakdown. It was like 10% of your total um, 10% of your total uh, payroll after year one. If you're two years in a row over, you have to pay 30%. If you're three years and plus over, you have to pay 50%. So like that's a pretty significant number, but only one or two teams are coming close to that at any given time. Um, but what the, I, I think the difference is, is that the players association and the owners are fighting over essentially $18 million for this, for this quote unquote tax, which I just think make a floor, make a salary floor. Cause this, this competitive balance tax is just like the owners want it as low as possible. So they can say, Oh, we don't want to hit the competitive balance tax. And if we do that, if we sign all these big contracts then blah, 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 we won't, we won't, uh, we'll get taxed this amount of money. And then the players are saying, well, no, if it's so high, then like, don't, 
like don't get anywhere close, but also in the midst of that, you have guys that are signing record deals like Max Scherzer before the lockout signed a three-year deal where he's getting paid $45 million for the next three years. I'm pretty sure that contract is more than the Tigers payroll right now. Don't quote me on that, but we can look it up. We could look that's it up. something very easily looked up. Give me one, a second. One player making $45 million for the next three years. That's crazy. That mm. is, that is crazy, crazy, crazy money. But it seems like as the dust is beginning to settle a little bit more, this CBT like discrepancy is the big thing. And if they can come to an agreement on this, then a lot of the other stuff will go away or at least get pushed down the road for the next collective bargaining agreement cycle. But like we're talking about stuff that like doesn't matter. Like the shift. That pisses like, me off so much. I'm not a fan of it either. Like not uh, of the shift or of banning the shift. Banning the shift. Okay. Okay. The reason why I'm going to have an issue with it, literally, how do you like control that? How do you control that? Like how did like like what like it, I feel like what's going to happen is there's going to be one game where like a center fielder didn't realize a pitch was going off and he's like wandered over and I don't know strays a little bit more to the right and then they're going to be like oh he was shifting over he was shifting over we got to call that because he was shifting over. <laughs> You know, I didn't even think about that. I how are you going to do that? That because... was the first thing I thought. I, it, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any because it's basically, base it's basically baseball's offside rule. Like, right? That's if you want to put it in like really simple terms, it's kind of what it is. Is just to make sure that yeah. they don't shift over <laughs> super how, far. Does that just mean like these? Are we putting new lines in the like, infield? Yeah, yeah. Like, does the shortstop have to be like? on the other side of second base and then what constitutes that like what like i just think it's stupid. you see i i i would be really interested to see how that works because i think the big thing will be what they do with the the third basement on the mm-hmm. shift or the first basement however you want to do that um because i don't know how you're going to police a second baseman going deeper in the hole or yeah. shading over to first base or or any of these i don't know how you're going to do that how you're going to challenge that and then you throw in all the unwritten rules of baseball like oh you'll just it's a gentleman's agreement sort of a thing that's going to be an absolute disaster you can so, yeah no, sorry go. For, just no, for good. some context for everybody who's listening um john hyman reported today that the players union agreed to allow mlb to ban shifts, implement a pitch clock, and make bases larger in 2023, subject to those agreements fitting into a total deal that they eventually reach. Um, they rejected robo-umps for 22-23. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, and apparently the MLB's goal is to be able to streamline the process and add excitement to the game. So, all of that said, the three things that we currently have agreement on are three relatively meaningless things right yeah and those those things change the complexion of the game so like the bigger bases thing just seems super stupid to me Mm -hmm. but i get so like it's it's easier to second i'm gonna fucking kill this cat ben sorry i apologize (laughs) no we need to keep it in we'll we'll have we'll have our explicit explicit uh marking in there Oh my god, what did it Sorry, do to you? Guys. I have a little pent up aggression about these cats. It, Which one bit you? The little one. He 
he clawed my back and it hurt really bad. Sorry. Are you bleeding? I probably am. That's okay. No, you got an orange shirt. Yeah, It'll it's fine. In. It's fine. You'll be fine. Your cat happened very much. <laughs> uh, oh, oh. Sorry. Oh, I love you very much. And I love that you love those cats. He's but not. He's forgetting to tell you about the part where he was sending me videos of him purring. And, yeah, he's and being sweet snuggling. until he wasn't. Until he clawed my back. Yeah, he clawed uh-huh. my back. It really hurt. Well, he's on my back. Well, you pout away. I don't care. I'm pouting in here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my. Oh, Just give the cat to Rob Manfred, and then maybe a deal will be done. Um. So the bases thing. Um. Bigger mm-hmm. bases, like, I mean, how many plays come down to a split second in baseball? Like, whether you're stealing yeah. second, stealing third, or like a bang-bang play guy trying to beat out uh, a hit at first base. Um, So like that will ultimately bring more offense um, Mm -hmm. to the game. But like, also like how big are these bases going to get? Are we we talking like, you know, like you can fit like two size 12 cleats on them sort of a thing. I I mean, if that's the case, then like, are we playing softball now? I mean, like just, it's implement. I'm talking base. like, I'm talking like adult beer league softball. Like, okay. like with the bases that where they at first base they have two bases next to each other. Yes. Oh yeah, the I'm very extended. happy about those. Those I love very much because a lot I've I've been spiked before and I don't like it. That's mostly for injury, but still, like at the same time, like like kind of the same, not really concept, but regardless, that's gonna implement things. Um, <clears throat> The shift, I would be really interested to see because I think they're going to ban like position players from being out of position. But I don't know how they, you do like, that. Like, like, so third baseman stays on that side of of second base. Okay. Shortstop, shortstop cannot creep into second baseman territory. I'm assuming. Sure. So, like, I mean, you could have the guy standing on top of second base. And then for the for the second baseman, I mean that's that's free range. Yeah. Or even for the shortstop, that's free range. Yeah. Like you <clears throat> like part of the game is your middle infielders playing deep or playing in. Mm-hmm. And if that's what they constitute some parts of the shift, I don't know what you're gonna do. Yep. Cause what if you have I mean, teams are gonna get around it because you'll have your uh. third baseman on on the side of on his side of second base. But he might be playing where the shortstop is normally playing, while the shortstop is playing on top of, on top of second, and then the second baseman is playing deep, and first baseman is playing his position. That you can't get rid of. I don't know how you're going to police that, but you can absolutely get rid of the third baseman coming over to the second baseman's side yeah. and standing in the middle there. Um, that you will get rid of, or maybe they're going to have outfielders play in. Yeah. And shift the outfield. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know because the the reason that the shift works is because all of these guys are hitting ninety eight plus mile per hour fastballs into the ground on that side. So what happens if you just have an outfielder playing in, and then you have like you shade the outfielders remaining like deep to where they need to be? 
I'm gonna be very interested to see the rules and how that is. But since it's the since it's Major League Baseball, they'll find a way to screw it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'll it's just, gonna be a complete mess. It'll be it'll be a disaster. Um, and like this is the cool thing about minor league baseball. You can test these things to see if they work. So like some of the, the juiced balls stuff like happened in minor league baseball. Pitch clock first happened in minor league baseball. We won't even get a season of that. And then these rules will just be implemented. And that doesn't, that doesn't sit well with me. Another thing too, they want to go straight to 14 teams in the playoffs. Of course. That is, is because uh, the next bargaining agreement, they're going to get 16 in the playoffs. And <clears throat> this, the reason that baseball is so much fun and making the playoffs is so special is because of how rare it is. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I absolutely love the wild card game. I think it's awesome. I think it, it might be one of the, the best ideas major league baseball has done. I love it. And another thing I did like was the COVID shortened year where they had the, I guess they did have a ton of teams in the playoffs, but they had like almost college baseball world series style wild card series where it was a three game set all at the higher seeds park. Um, and then they would go into the division series and mm-hmm. the championship series and then the world series. I liked that idea, but also like, Still, like the Marlins made the postseason that year. There's going to be teams, especially in baseball, because the parity is so wonky at times. Like, it's just not going to make any sense. And also, like, it it totally, totally just butchers the team. So the, the Dodgers, for example, and the Giants last year, both of those teams had over 100 wins in the same division. And the Dodgers played in the wild card game. They won. But what happens if you get, you know, you, you the whole point of winning 100 games and winning your division is so that you can have an easier path in the playoffs. Of course, you run into a hot team, and if you lose your first five game or your five game series, okay, that's on you. But then you're putting it in the balance of just two games in a row for a hundred win team, and then the 88 win Detroit Tigers. I would love it; it would be great. But also, like. Yeah, no. It pushes the the reason the owners want this is because it pushes for mediocrity. The Tigers can spend a hundred million dollars on their payroll and squeak into the playoffs at eighty eight, and it's like, oh, we made it to the playoffs with this amount of money, so we're we're just going to stick at this. We're only going to make this amount of money, or we're only going to spend this amount of money, and we're going to be a playoff team every year. Mm-hmm. Tigers payroll is at one hundred three mil. Just as oh, an FYI, I was pretty close. One hundred three point five. Okay, so. So Max Scherzer would make half of the Tigers' payroll. Correct. If he was on the Tigers. Almost. So, Qu- quite nearly. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, so all of those things don't necessarily – it's not helping the situation right now. <laughs> like we need to figure out how we're going to revenue share, how we're going to make teams competitive – and a expanded playoffs is only going to push for more a more mediocre product. I mean, look at the NBA right now. Mm. I kind of want to talk about that when we talk about the Pistons, but like, I mean, we've got we've got ten team, we got twenty teams in the whole league in a thirty team league that make the quote unquote playoffs. 
There are some teams that are so bad. They are so <laughs> bad. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. Why are we giving them playoff revenue? Why are we giving them playoff exposure? Like this, this should not happen. Mm-hmm. Force these teams to spend some money in order to, in order to be successful or force these teams to draft well, to be successful. You know, don't just hope and sit in the middle. I mean, that's exactly what Chris Illich does. And by the way, Chris Illich is one of the seven owners who, who was pushing against this CBT increase. Because of course he was. Because of course he was. And all the other seven teams were like bottom feeder, like, like payroll, like teams. Oof. Which, Are we surprised? No, we're not surprised. Yeah. But hey, I'm you're angry. A, you're a billionaire. You're a billionaire. And I, I just still don't get like you would make more money if you were successful. But I guess it's not even about making I guess it's about efficiency, I guess. But at the end of the day, wouldn't you want to make the most money you possibly can make? Is it's the it's the age old saying you've got to spend money to make money? Do you realize the the exposure, the the amount of of revenue that would flow in if your team was a World Series champion? Like do you, you could you could ride the momentum for that championship for two years. Yeah. Like easily. Like mm-hmm. the, the next season after you win the World Series, oh dude. Regular game tickets are like Insane. you could like quadruple those. Like mm-hmm. in like, have you tried to go to a Cubs game the past five seasons since they won the World Series? Have you tried to do that? No. It's it's legitimately like eighty dollars to get a seat at Wrigley Field. Eighty bucks. Yeah. And you've got eighty-one home games. And that's not the premium prices either. That's just like, that's like a good, like not behind a pole seat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, it's squabbling. No point. Bueno. Squabbling. And I don't know when this madness is going to end. And then also on the flip side, the players want to get paid for a 162 game season, which I guess I would side with them because it's like they didn't impose this lockout. They didn't cancel games, but still at the end of the day. <clears throat> You're not you're not playing 162 games. Yeah, that that was part of the reason uh, with the COVID year they wanted to they wanted to get paid their full contract for 162 games when they only played 60. But also to rebuttal on that, that's why Manfred and the owners were trying to reduce the season as much as possible, neglecting the exposure they would get for an entire month with every eye in America watching their sport. They're like, nope, we don't want to. We want to give you it the least amount of money as possible while we can earn the most money as possible, which I understand, but still everything is about compromise. There has never been anyone in the history of the world who has gotten a hundred percent what they want without either being murdered. (laughs) If that happens or somebody else stopping them, that's why there's wars. Yeah. Yeah. When there's no compromise, there's war. Yeah. Frankly, and we don't have to talk about anything else outside of our realm of sports besides that. Um, Lay down a compromise, please. 
Yeah. Please, because you are literally only hurting your sport and your fans in the midst of this. You all are going to be fine. You will be fine. The people who are being affected by this the most are the are the employees, part-time seasonal employees, the fans, and then the, the health of the sport. Yeah. So pick your poison, I guess. So do we have an ETA of Tigers baseball? No. No, we don't. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if, if if I guess we have a, a centralized problem, if this CBT is resolved, things will just go by the wayside and we can play ball. But now I'm I'm probably thinking we're going to get a hundred games. We're going to lose. We're going to lose sixty-two games out of this schedule. Yeah, I'm just so frustrating. It's it's very frustrating. Which I'll be happy when baseball comes back. I'll watch every single game. Maybe not every single game, but like I'll be glued to my TV because I'm mm-hmm. a sicko. Because I'm a sicko who has no self control or shame, but I'm not going to be happy about it. It's like that penguin meme. You know, <laughs> sitting there like the I'll claymation. Yeah, I'll do it, but I'm not going to be happy about it. And yeah. like, you're, you're going to get a lot of disgruntled fans. And then the fans that don't care are going to continue to not care even more, mm-hmm. which will lead to, you know, the hits in your pockets <clears throat> 10 years down the road. But we're too short sighted that we can't see that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, the Mike Trout drawing uh, was a Lego minifigure. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Um, so we're at day 94 of the MLB lockout. Okay. <clears throat> 94. Why? He already dropped an F-bomb. Let him burp into the camera or the microphone. He's back, baby. We're cooking. Speaking of cooking, Cade Cunningham and the boys. What? <laughs> Chris, your transitions are absolutely stunning. Yeah, thank you. <sighs> Tis my job. All right, that was a good one. I will give you that. That is pretty good. Yeah. Noel, would you like to uh, pull up that stat that we had talked about before? Yeah, um, Pistons have had a couple couple good games this week. Um, yes, they have. And this stat was tweeted a couple hours ago by Pistons PR. It says Cade Cunningham has totaled 150. No, whoa. 815 points, 289 rebounds, and 255 assists in 50 career games, joining Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Oscar Robertson, Alvin Adams, Ben Simmons, and Luka Doncic. How do I say that last name? Doncic. Doncic. Doncic, thank you. Uh, As the only players to reach such minimums through 50 games in NBA history, Cunningham, Doncic, and Magic Johnson are the three to do so at the age of 20 or younger. Wow. Give the man the rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 we've seen so many stats at this point that I don't know what it, it's his race to lose. Right. I, I thought there was some guy. Out of I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say that. I would, I would say that I think Cunningham should be the front runner, mm-hmm. but it's not like a slam dunk. Like he's got it in the back. This is probably one of the more competitive rookie of the year races in recent memories. Mobley has been great. That guy, like I've, I've said several times, that dude is a freak. He's just, he is just a man in a 18, 19 year old's body. Like just, it's disgusting what that guy can do. Um, and Franz Wagner has been a godsend for the magic. Um, and he's been, it seems like almost every other night, 
he does something, you know, super crazy. Um, Jalen Green, too, for as much as we don't like him, and he's a little boo-boo crybaby. Um, he's had a solid season. Um, but still, like, I feel like we see another like another stat of Cade Cunningham and Michael Jordan or LeBron James, like, every other week. And albeit, or and everybody, I should remind you, most of these guys, or at least Cunningham, is doing this on a team that's bad. Wagner's team is very bad, but uh, Mobley's in a pretty good situation right now. I think you have to put that into consideration as well for some of his counting stats. But yet again, you don't do it for MVP. MVP goes to a playoffs team. Whatever. But if we're talking about sheer talent and then rookie-level play, I mean – Throw Kate up there as number one. Wagner up there. I mean, he he has a serious case, and I would yeah, Mobley has a serious case too. Maybe mm-hmm. Jay, maybe nah. I'm not gonna say Jalen Green, but I think those three guys. It's like are the ones who are jumping off the stat sheet pretty consistently. And there's there's a guy from uh, Toronto as well who's been who's been tearing it up as well. But that doesn't matter because. Frickin' Dwayne Casey has a personal vendetta against the Raptors because he should. Because we all remember when he won NBA Coach of the Year but was fired because he couldn't beat LeBron James, which is, you know, that's a pretty tough task, you know, to beat LeBron James. Oh, yeah. But, like, that was, like, like, I get it. I understand because, like, every year that the Raptors were in the playoffs under his regime, like, whether they were, like, a top three seed or – like in the middle of the pack, they would always lose to LeBron in the Cavs. Um, so I get it, but also he just had he just had a ridiculous regular season. He and was the front runner for Coach of the Year, and he was fired before the ceremony. So when he won Coach of the Year, he was unemployed, or I believe he was hired by the Pistons and won Coach of the Year as the Toronto. Raptors head coach and like there's this weird thing where like Toronto tweeted like congrats to our former coach blah 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 and then like the Pistons retweeted it or whatever like saying congrats to our coach or like that's our coach or something like that so very awkward yeah. uh, but I, I don't think he has lost to the Raptors since he got canned and if he has lost it's been like twice yeah I wouldn't this be year, surprised he, this year he's undefeated against the Raptors <laughs> Amazing. And he, he, yeah, and they won by two. Uh, yep, in Toronto, where the big three of Cunningham, Bay, and Grant finished with um, twenty two, twenty three, and twenty six points in that order. So, <clears throat> pretty good, I would say. And then again, they're just continuing to play good basketball, albeit against bad teams. They beat the Pacers, which they should have, because the Pacers might be worse than the Pistons. And I would know. I see them a lot. But they didn't um, win by a lot. That's okay. I know, but it's still. It's a win is a win. I know. And now they're going toe to toe with uh a playoff team, technically, or play in team, uh, with the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young. Um and We'll see what happens. But they've been playing considerably better basketball since the since the trade deadline um, and since guys got healthy. So you throw in a couple free agents here. Um, 
I said it last year that, hey, some things go right. You could get in the play-in tournament. Yes, I was very wrong. I understand. Um, but again, I'll go back to a team like the Caps. The, team, the, the Caps kind of surprised a lot of people this year, and now they're right in the middle of the Eastern Conference race. Pistons have some pretty solid pieces now, some pretty, some pretty good NBA players. And if you look at the Cavs roster, they have very good NBA players. So if we can get that pretty good to very good and then get another high draft pick, which is exactly what the Cavs <clears throat> did get in Evan Mobley, we can make some noise in this conference because it is incredibly competitive. I think the top four seeds in the East are separated by like two games. That's a, Ooh, that that's, a that's a pretty big, like that's, I mean, that's a pretty small gap. Um, let me, I'm, I'm looking at it too. Um, but in the league or the conference, what are we looking at? We're looking at the conference and the, so the top, so the heat have a three game lead against the 76ers, but two to three, Two to four are separated by oh no two to six are separated by two and a half games. Mm-hmm. So the difference between being in the play-in tournament to being the number two seed in the East is is two and a half games. That is a tight race. That is a tight race. So and Toronto is the uh, seventh seed right now, and the Pistons just beat them. So. Suck it. You no, know, I have yet to go to a Pistons game yet this season. Come on down. The the Pistons play the Pacers in Indiana on a Sunday in April. One of the last few mm. games of the season. Tickets will probably be free because <laughs> those teams are bad. I'd go. Yeah, there you go. All right, no one wants to go to the game with me. Cool. Okay. <laughs> um, a track. Who's ready to buy their cider jerseys? I am. I am so sold on this kid. Like, I know it's hard not to be. It's kind of stupid being like sold on Michael Jordan, but like, but he's so freaking good. Like, he's he's insane. He's so good. This is awesome. You're right. He is so he's good. So but good. we cannot. We he's too young to be comparing to the goat, even if it's a completely different sport. I know, but so <laughs> I don't know. I I'm just so like dumbfounded by the Iser plan like that kid was supposed to go high first round high first round and now he's on the red wings and he's prolific on a very bad team not a very bad team a, a mediocre team just wait till we're like actually good <laughs> like when he's we're like the best defenseman on the team yeah exactly year. exactly wait till he has someone good on the other side too like it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be so much fun to watch. Very excited. Speaking of the, I'm sorry if we want to keep going on the Mo train, but we can talk about the other side and the news that happened today. Kali, Steve Eiserman <laughs> takes <laughs> no prisoners. Like, I do feel bad for Danny Kaiser. That is. Happy birthday, Danny DeKaiser. You are no longer on the runway. Yeah, Danny DeKaiser was put on waivers on his birthday. Like, ruthless. Just absolutely. He, uh, Steve pulls no punches. And I wonder how, like, what his brain looks like to car- compartmentalize, like, business and humanity. 
because there's a very stark like brick wall between those two things. There's no such thing as humanity. There's only one thing, and that's the cup. That is it. I I mean, I, I would make the argument that this has gone on for more than long enough. I mean, the only the, we all it's like the what would it be like the the Nielsen fiasco. Oh no, I agree that the Kaiser should have been gone eons ago. Well, not even eons ago, but like legitimately they were playing still because they had like the only reason they were playing is because of their contracts. Yes. Yeah. And I, I talked I talked a little bit about like oh like how we perceive players like via their contract and stuff and like <sighs> maybe even you could make the argument that like if those guys were not getting paid what they mm-hmm. were getting paid then they would be um watchable um yeah. <laughs> would they no i no. i think i think i think abdulkader could have been because you could have just buried him as your as your fourth line winger yeah and like yeah and then nielsen too but like again at the end of the day like those guys should not have been playing and de kaiser for a long time this season was getting top line minutes because he was paired with cider and that is just you can't you can't do that. So like, I get it, it's on his birthday. That sucks. But mm-hmm. also like this, this needed to happen. Absolutely. Two, two months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for where they are in terms of space and getting ready for Verona to come back without either trading or whatever, this was the Sorry, most. What did you say? I heard something. Yeah. Verona's uh, coming back. Yeah. Verona's coming back. When is he coming He's back? He's supposed to be playing Tomorrow, two days from now, when's the ne- whatever yeah. the next game is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, Chris, we're excited for him to come back too. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah Don't act like we're wanting him to stay away forever. No, I, Chris, uh, this this argument was never that we don't want him to be successful. Oh, I know. To make, oh, I know. I know. To, I know. to make the, to make the oh, argument God. that he was the best player on the team when Dylan Larkin clearly exists is it's okay. Ooh. It's okay. It's okay. Tough. Anyway, the DeKaiser on waivers move was the most logical for where they're at. And no one's going to take him. No. So now he's just going to be buried in GR, which yep. kind of sucks. I mean, it's just, it's no fun for him. But if there's a silver lining, he's from Western Michigan, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't. He's yeah. Well, he's from Detroit. He went to Western Michigan. Okay. I would I would imagine that he has some family out there. Yeah. Um, so like cool, good for him. And then this was the last year of his deal anyway, so like yeah. Let him ride off into the sunset, you know, maybe Somehow. be yeah. maybe He's be excited for that to drop off. I am I'm so excited about that. That's going to be great. We're going to have a lot of fun pretty soon. Pretty soon. I agree. Pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I agree. Also in other news, um yeah, we picked up Dude, playoff push now. I'm just kidding. That'd be not over. That would be no, no. It's over. Um, Red Wings made a move. Also, not cutting dead weight, <laughs> but I have to pronounce his name right. I think it's because Yolevi. That's a Y. Yolevi. Ol- is it Ali, Ali. or Ali Yolevi? I've heard it, Ali Yolevi. Yeah. And I've been reading a lot on him he's like 
in his draft class. So he's fifth overall draft pick in 2016. So it's like, oh, wow. Then why is he on waivers? Like I, on paper, I could not tell you why he's on waivers. Um, because everything that, you know, I've seen, I've read, <laughs> seen some chat rooms, like this guy was, this is, was a guy who was head and shoulders above people in his draft. Like he was drafted ahead of guys like Charlie McAvoy. Um, and there's a couple other that I can't remember what? off the top of my head. Yes. Like Charlie McAvoy was a mid round selection and now he's mm-hmm. like the best defenseman on Boston. So like, mm-hmm. this is just crazy. So like, I'll, I mean, it's hard to, you know, look at talent, but also like, this was a guy like slam dunk, one of the best defensemen you could take in this draft. Mm-hmm. And he's just been hurt for most of his career, right? Like that's, that's the story, I think. Okay. That's what I thought. Cause it wasn't like, Oh, this guy just like totally derailed <clears throat> everything. It was like, no, he's not actually had a chance to like figure anything out. Cause he's been hurt for so long. Well, yeah. I mean, last year he played in 23 games, which on Vancouver, which Vancouver mm-hmm. was not very good. No. And he had two goals and one assist with three points and a plus minus of minus one. And then he was on Florida this year. I don't know if he was traded or I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right. but he, he played in 10 games and didn't register a thing. He only had, he only had a uh, nine shots on goal mm-hmm. and his average time on ice was 12, 27. So he was a, he was a third pairing defense. It's a head scratcher because on one end, this is a former fifth overall pick. And on the other, he's now been through two teams in two years and he is 23 years old. It's the Iserman reclamation special. That's we did it with Brennan Perlini and it kind of, you know, nothing really came of it and it was fine. We didn't, we didn't end up in the negative with that at all. For sure. So like it's, it, I mean, it's 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 really just let's see if he can do anything because we do have, let's face it, a large gaping hole on the left side. Sure, one hundred percent. My, he, I mean, he's a he's a relatively big guy, six two, one hundred eighty two pounds. I and the Red Wings aren't really going anywhere this year. Well, give him the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. why not? Might as well. Is, he is it was it is the rest of his? Yeah, he's a D, mm. lefty. Is the rest of his contract, does he have just this year? What is it? I mean, it's 750000 Oh, so pennies I mean, it's, at this point. It's pennies. So instead of paying $6.5 million to, you know, be a pylon, we could have, we could pay a pylon 750000 We'll take that. I guess we'll take that. If you have to, if you have, to have a pylon out there, you might as well yeah. have the one that costs $6 million less. Exactly. Which is which is fun, but yeah, I I just it it just seems. I mean, 2016 was kind of a long time ago, mm-hmm. but 23 years old and it, it's done. I guess you could look at Chalowski too. Chalowski was in that draft class, mm-hmm. and Chalowski isn't sniffing anything close to the NHL. I mean, he was cut by. So he was taken in the expansion <clears throat> draft. And he was cut by him, I think, twice. Yeah, that poor kid. Yeah, for real, but. Who knows? Maybe we have a new whipping boy here. Um, other news, I think Bertuzzi's back on line one with Raymond. Uh huh. Yep. That was the practice lines. Was Bert was back up on with so Lyman happy. And, that's and thank God. That's gonna be. 
Well, that's but that's be. the thing is, is then we lose the Guelph line, which was actually doing some good stuff, right? But Verona does need a space. In the top six. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely yes. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe they'll swap Verona and Bertuzzi and get the Guelph line again going. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'd even love to see Bertuzzi and Verona. That'd be pretty tight. And put Raymond down on the on the goal line. I mean, hey, no, no, no. I was saying put Bertuzzi down and keep Raymond with Larkin, and then who's usually on left wing for the second? Is that Nemesnikov? I can see that. Pew Suter. Oh, Suter. Oh, yeah. It's Suter, Fabs, and Bert. I take it back. Fabs, don't don't listen. To Fabs me. has been playing center. Yeah, I thought it was Suter. Nope, you're right. I'm backwards. It's Fabs. So Fabs would be on the... You're, in your scenario, Chris, Fabs would be on first. No, I dig it back. Yeah, no. I dig it back. He's been playing really well, though. Yeah. He has. Super he has. Well. Yeah, I and I think that's... Like 14 he, goals now. Yeah. Mm, close to that. Yeah. But I think that's because he's got the connection with... I mean, him and Bert have always had, like, a telepathic something going on. Yeah. So. And Suter's just kind of there right he now. He is. Yeah. He is, but, but I think he put. Like, it's like the playmaker role. Like he wasn't signed. It, it's it's playmaker role in perspective. He wasn't signed to be a guy that. Oh, hey, yeah, you're going to score like 25 goals right. a season, right? But and but he's distributing, like, and those guys are still valuable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's why like everything is at a crossroads for Zadina. It's like, what kind of player are you going to be? Yeah, are you going to be the defensive two way playmaker, or are you going to be the goal scorer that you were advertised to be? Because I think if you look at those lenses with Zadina, you'll either see a player who's very successful or a player who is a, is an utter failure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to know what happens when Verona comes back because he's slated at line three. Is that going to take the pressure off and he's going to be able to score and get some offensive production from that line? Because you have Verona at top filling in nicely. And if you can get some secondary scoring from that bottom six, led by guys like Zadina... Uh, I mean, you're 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 putting all the pieces together that you need for a playoff contender. Yeah, and then who knows what we're gonna do with defense? <laughs> I'm still under the impression that Edvinson, um, maybe. I'm under the impression that the Wings are gonna make an offer for uh, Chitrin hmm. from Arizona because they're looking to get rid of him, hmm. and the Wings would have because what they have a they have the Capitals' first round pick. This year, right? From the Mantha deal? Yes. Yeah. That could be a valuable pick. Thanks, Steve. To trade for that. And I'm just basing it off of, you know, Buffalo had their demands for Eichel. And -hmm. I think when everybody saw it, it was like, oh, that's it? Sort of a thing? Yeah. And Arizona's kind of talking at the same thing, like, oh, we're going to have our demands. So I think it's going to be a deal that's going to be like, oh, that's it? sort of a thing. And I think if you give that, if you package that first round pick and some sort of a player, I don't know who, I don't know who you'd want. I think we talked about Rasmussen. We did. Rasmussen. Which I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the homer. And that's definitely not going to be enough. Um, mm-hmm. But would Zadina move the needle with that first? Would you want to give up, on, give up on Zadina? Because. I don't know. Mm, I personally would not. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I I would be more comfortable with a first, a second, and Rasmussen. He's young enough, and then also oh. he's he's a he's a forward with size, which Arizona needs. I was gonna say, what is it? Does anybody know what Arizona needs? At, no one knows what Arizona is doing. Frankly, I don't think Arizona knows what Arizona is doing. Because Chicharron would be a player that you'd want to keep. Like he's young enough. Mm-hmm. And Keller is his is, contract astronomical? Like I don't what? Think so. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Arizona doesn't understand anything i don't think i'll 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 look up his uh in just every sense of running a hockey organization yeah it's it's i don't get it maybe he's due for a big contract and then okay so uh he signed a six-year 27 six-year 27 $0.6 $0.6 million contract. So his average salary is 4.6. That's a big, I mean, it, it's not a lot of money, but it's long. I mean, it's not Danny DeKaiser money, but I mean. It will be Danny DeKaiser <laughs> money when he's 26. Yeah. And it'll be six. I mean, that actually, no, that's a good contract. But also Arizona is very adamant on not being competitive at any time ever. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I would like to see what a package would look like. And then outside of anybody on the top six, see what you can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm going to trust anybody to make a deal of that magnitude, it's Eisenman. Yeah. I mean, look at look at what he got. For, Mantha hasn't done a thing. Not no. a thing. <laughs> Zero things. I haven't, I haven't heard anything about Anthony Mantha. I, I'm just going to look it up again. Um, look up his look up his hockey. He has two goals. Oh no! In twelve games played, is he hurt? He, I would assume he is. He's always hurt, but which is a great move by. Did he punch somebody again? Probably. Let's see. Because he's not supposed to punch people. His hands are made of glass. I guess he. I guess he did have a long injury. Okay. What was his last? What was last season? And he had for the Capitals. He had fourteen games played, and he had like four goals. Still not stellar, but not. Yeah. Horrific. Not great. Yeah. Not great. I'm so excited yeah. to talk draft, guys. I am. Um... I'm going to have some controversial opinions on this one. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I'm going to say a lot of Let's things that a lot of people don't like. No, go ahead. We'll, we'll yeah. ease into it. Well, I'm going to have no things to say about the NFL draft. So, Mantha y'all had just shoulder jump surgery right in. In, on the 6th of November. So, he hasn't played since then. Okay. okay. That, that makes sense. sense. Okay. But, I'm ready, Chris. I'm going to hop into me. it. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> this isn't this. The first part isn't controversial news. Uh, Jaguars are taking offensive lineman number one overall. Really? Yes. I don't think like the Jaguars have seen what a first round quarterback can do with Joe Burrow or a first overall quarterback can do in Joe Burrow. And, uh, was he, he was first overall, right? Joe Burrow? Was he second? Yes. Yeah, he was. Yes, first. He was. I thought so. Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence. He just can't be that without protection. And I think he got zero help. He has no help. So I, I forget. It's the uh, 
What's his name? What is his name? The Alabama offense. That's exactly who it is. Yep, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's who exactly who I would take number one overall if I'm the Jaguars. Without question. Just put that in. Or I would trade down to somebody who wants someone. I would trade down and get um Ikeem Iquanu. That's who it is from Alabama. Or from oh uh, no, I'm sorry, not him. Uh Evan Neal from Alabama. Yeah. That's what I him. Yep. He's a he's a big boy, but he's he's very evenly distributed. Like his weight is very evenly distributed, so he's very quick. He's perfect for what's going on in Jaguar. I love him. I love him. He's from Alabama. He's from Alabama. So. Exactly. What do you what more do you want? Now we do need an edge rusher. What are you going to say? I want Thibodeau. I want, I, it took me a really long time to say this, but I want Thibodeau. I really do. I don't like, I, and it, it I was so gun ho on Hutchinson because like, it's a Michigan kid. This kid's insane. I love him. He's great. Fantastic. I think Thibodeau would fit better on the defense. I think he has I think he has more athleticism. Like don't get me wrong, I think I think Hutchinson is the safest bet at edge rusher by far. A lot of people would disagree with you. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. I think I think he's a very safe bet. I think he's gonna go into the NFL and do exactly like exactly what he's he was similar to what he's doing in Michigan, but I think Thibodeau has a much higher higher ceiling and he's the guy that I would go for in the draft if I was Mr. Holmes. But again, I do think that Hutchinson fits the hoorah Campbell bite your kneecap off mentality. So I, I have a feeling that they're going to go Hutchinson just cause it's like, he's a homeboy. I, I can literally hear Campbell like in like the, yeah, he's a, he's a homegrown boy. He, he, he knows exactly what we struggle with the lines. He's going to be perfect for like, that's exactly going to be like the, the interview when, when we draft Hutchinson, they're going to be super gun ho on him. But I do want I want Mr. Kavon. He's my he'd be my choice at number two overall. Well, let's sit on this for a little bit because we're we're talking yes. about our hometown team. Yes, and I think you're absolutely right as far as complete product. Hutchinson is the most yeah. complete product. Yeah. Uh, if you had to compare the two, yeah, Thibodeau and and, and himself. Um. That's been pretty well documented, I feel. Yeah. The the player who has the more upside is Thibodeau. Yeah. By far. Yeah. He's got the athleticism, the speed, but you know, Hutchinson's an athlete as well. Um, I've heard a lot of knocks on Hutchinson as of late. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's a he's a one trick pony, he's got one move, and if he doesn't do that move, then blah 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 mm-hmm. blah. So I guess a little bit of an area of concern mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, and I think Thibodeau is a freak. Um, however, if you're looking for a guy who's going to be like a difference maker, as soon as he comes in out of his draft class, wouldn't you want the more complete product? Kind of, but because the the lions have, the lions have drafted quote unquote projects before with the top five and Ziggy Ansa was a project mm-hmm. was very good with his time here, but also was, wasn't yeah. a fifth overall pick. Um, I think that if the lions were a little bit, like if they had a little bit better upside potential going into next season, like if they had the chance to be like an eight and eight team or seven and eight team, then yeah, I would take Hutchinson. 
But given their current circumstances, going to take another at least one more year to at least become that team. That's why I'm okay with giving okay. Thibodeau that one season buffer of getting having him feel out the NFL. Because truthfully, I think having that type of explosiveness on defense is exactly the mistakes that our cornerbacks can pick off. So the truthfully, like, and again, this is like. I think one of the reasons why our cornerbacks suffer so much is because there's no pressure. They have quarterbacks yeah. have all day, literally all day to throw the ball and you can't defend I couldn't that. agree with you more. So I think having the explosiveness will also get the defensive backs a little bit more stardom, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, yeah. we just – we had a showing out party with some of our corners this year. Yeah. I mean, Amarie, I think, was up there for the league lead in picks. Yeah. So this is with no, you know, yeah. edge rush pressure, yeah. which is pretty good. I mean, yeah, you, the defense is a unit. Like if you, if, if you have it working on all cylinders, every unit is going to look and feel and play better. Yeah. That's just what's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know what? That's a good, that's a good take, Chris. Thanks. I, I think that's, I think. Not, not to say that you don't have good takes, no, but like I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even think about like, like the buffer period. Mm-hmm. I'm just more so thinking about like, oh man, like we need someone who's going to be a difference maker now. It's like, well, you could have a difference maker, like who's better yeah. if you give them a year longer to develop, which very well could happen. And I think even like, I mean, Sue burst onto the scene, but Sue became, yeah. And Dominic and Sue after, you know, a good one or two seasons of, of development. So yeah. no, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Excuse me, but so, you sicko. yeah, I know more hot takes. Um, and excuse me, I got to go to my notes. Give me one moment. I, I know you've been, sorry, go ahead. You've been talking about Malik Willis. I, I was like, I was going to talk about, I think Atlanta is going to take Malik Willis. Hmm. Really, he has this throwback Mike Vick. That's what I'm trying to say. He he's got he's got that mobility. He's got the cannon. I if I'm Atlanta's GM, I'm gonna say we just drafted Kyle Pitts. We have old Matt Ryan coming out of he's he's on his last last leg. I would totally pull the trigger on Malik Willis. That's what that's exactly where I, I would I would be at number eight when I come to them. He's I think he fits a lot of things for Atlanta, and. uh I would not hesitate at all. I'd be picking it at four fifty nine. Just boom, got it. <laughs> yes, please. Is he your first quarterback off the board? I would say so. Wow, I would say he's my first quarterback off the board. I'd take him. I would. Early on, I was yeah. really hoping the Lions could get him at thirty two. Yeah, but that's not. I mean, it's not going. The combine that he just had is not going to happen now. Don't get me wrong, though. I I. I don't think it's a great year for quarterbacks in this draft, but if we can get a late first rounder and see if he's any good, Hey, you know what? I'm okay with it. We have we- the only two quarterbacks I would want would be Willis and Pickett. Yeah. Those are the only two that I would yeah. want. Seriously. Uh, I could be convinced Desmond Ritter, maybe, mm-hmm. but that depends on when he's taken. Yeah. Not, not first round, not top fifteen at all. No way. Mm-hmm. I'm just still thinking that it's it's too perfect of a story for Pickett to be taken by Pittsburgh because he played at Pittsburgh. Yeah, 
just the easy transition. And then obviously Pittsburgh needs uh, to, uh, to replace Roethlisberger. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Who's your, who's your biggest, uh, who's your biggest surprise of the first, I don't know how deep you went into this first round because you started with Jacksonville, but I didn't get that far to be honest with you. Um, who would be, who would be the guy regardless of position that you think is the best player in this draft? Oh, um, I do think Thibodeau is the best player in the draft, but okay, I, but um, well then that's good that lines are going to get yeah, it too. exactly. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be safe to get it too. I like I and I think that's my biggest take is I don't see the Jaguars going anything but offensive line especially yeah they're not going to wait another 32 picks you need you need a star studded offensive lineman pick him up mm-hmm. he's going to be able to help out a lot you're you have star wide receivers don't waste them you have trevor lawrence don't waste him it's like you saw like again it's like the whole jamar chase joe burrow thing joe and uh, joe burrow is going to light up even he had a terrible line he had a terrible line all season and they went to the super bowl so it's like and that was a big reason that they lost the Super Bowl. Exactly. The offensive line exactly. fell apart. So, oh man. But yeah, that's I think that's my hot. That's my that's the hot take is take Thibodeau at second, Malik Willis at eight, going to Atlanta. Okay, yeah. And and Noel and I had talked about this. Watch out for Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, the safety, safety out yeah. of Notre Dame. I there's a. I have seen and heard from a few different – my NFL person, who I follow closely, mm-hmm. named Theo Ash, is like, I would take this guy number one. This is a safety. And this guy has been pretty spot on for me, and but he's also like a child. Yeah. But his takes are are pretty good. I, I think everyone is very uncomfortable with taking a corner or a defensive <laughs> back in the top five, especially the top three. If the Lions take another defensive – because, again – uh, Jeff Okuda was the highest yeah. taken defensive back like in the history of the NFL yep. draft. And he pooped the bet. He's been hurt, but also he hasn't been good when he's been on the field. So um, no. I, I, I like generational talent has been thrown around when talking about Kyle Hamilton and people don't just say that. So yeah. whoever gets him at whatever spot they're going to get him, is going to get a good one, I think. Yep, that would probably be my best player in the draft. One of the one of the things that I'm noticing too is like, excuse me, which is kind of sad, but the um, not sad, but right now with the draft being how it is, the first, I think six or seven teams have very serious niche needs. Like not that they can't get better yes. all around, but like. Jacksonville desperately needs an O-line. We desperately need a defensive head. Um, Houston, well, actually, Houston's kind of the dark horse because if I was Houston, I'm going to be totally honest with you, I would I would be ditching um, – oh, my God, what's his name? Why am I now blanking on his name? Quarterback. Bad person. What is his name? What name? The quarterback from Houston. Oh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, exactly. I would, I would, I'd jump off the Deshaun Watson train. I don't think it's gonna. I'd, I'd maybe go quarterback, but um, 
but there's no like there's very much niche needs for like specific players so there's holes to fill so i don't know i don't know exactly exactly what i'm getting at but i definitely think it'd be nice to be a team who needs a lot of help everywhere and be able to pick up a someone like a kyle hamilton or like a Mm-hmm. whoever the best player on the board is, but you're saying, you're saying the needs of the teams in the top 10 would be like yeah. predictable. Yeah, exactly. The players that are going to take are predictable. Yeah. Okay. Like, I think okay. this is a, like, truthfully, I think this draft is going to be more predictable than years prior, which is crazy to think. Cause there's not a clear cut number one. Yeah, exactly. After, after the number one pick, I think it's like, we can all take a pretty good stab at who's going to be next, but everything will fall into place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other question is, what is um, I think Pittsburgh is going to get Pickett if Mm -hmm. um, if Atlanta doesn't take Malik. So, but I think if I think Pittsburgh would take Malik over Pickett. Well, I don't know about that. We'll see. They might do the same hometown thing too, where there's like he's from Pittsburgh. Let's bring him in. There's a couple teams in the in the mid in the mid first round that would consider taking a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, maybe in Denver too. So yeah, which I'm very. Well, that's another thing too is I'm excited to see how. I'm shocked we didn't have a lot more trading news than we did. Like, like I thought for sure we'd have mm-hmm. heard about Aaron Rodgers by now. Well, Aaron Rodgers has got like a contract on the table that would like, quote unquote, uh, shift the quarterback market. No, oh. so like he would make like eight. 80 million dollars a year or something. I don't know. That's just a random number. But alter the quarterback market is what it said. Sure. So take yeah. that as you will. But yeah, I'm very excited because I think this draft is going to put some piece, a lot of pieces together for Detroit. And I think once, I think this is going to fill a lot of gaps. And then the next draft is going to fill up everything else that we possibly need to be a solid team that is at least close to playoffs if not barely squeaking in so yeah very excited so. for that i'm excited too we just gotta figure and out to jared goff is elite yeah i'm just <laughs> kidding that's not true that's yeah. that's not true that was a joke that's the one thing i would do i would go hard on next year not this draft but next draft is we have that first round pick that high first round pick from the rams i would trade down and go get that quarterback you want and just make it happen. So also, sorry, I would go wide receiver if you that 30 first 30 second pick or second deep wide receiver class. Yeah. The deepest the deepest uh yeah. position in this year's draft go, is wide receiver. Go so. get one late and I honestly would not be upset going back to back a wide receiver. We need it. So we'll see. Aman Ra and whoever else. Ooh boy. Exactly. Ooh, Nelly. Exactly. And I'd be very happy. With TJ Hawkinson, too. Mm. Exactly. Uh, like, truthfully, like, that's the thing. That, that's the crazy thing about it is, like, there's you got to fill 22 positions, and we're getting pretty close. Like, not pretty close, but we're getting, we're on our, we're on our way. So. I agree. So. And Penny Sewell exists. Yeah. Yeah. Love and him. we have a pretty decent run game, truthfully. Truth be told. We don't have a bad run game. I, listen, we, we did. Yeah. We had we were signing guys off the street and they were rushing for a hundred yards. <laughs> uh, any any last thoughts, anybody? Uh, I'm I think I'm all talked out. I'm tuckered. I'm good. 
Noel has been silent for 30 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's been 15. Oh. Oh, I just enough. have, I have no thoughts to add. 30 it's minutes. not my area in, of expertise. In dog years, 30 minutes. Well, we're very excited really for the draft. We're very excited for uh, Verona coming back, Kate coming here with the boys. And uh, pull your heads out of your butts, whoever's over at the MLB. Yes, please. I will hunt you down. Yeah, I know people. <sighs> well, until next time, thank you for listening. Rate us five stars. Tell your mom. Listen with your dog. You name it. Make it happen. You send name us it. pictures of your dogs. Yeah. Oh yes, we will rate your dog. On we the show. we will one hundred percent rate your dog. There you go. Rate th- and or any other animal. There we Just... go. Send us your pet. We will become a pet rating podcast. There we go with a sports side. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 thinking of rebranding. So, <laughs> uh, alrighty, guys. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Hey everybody, this is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.